It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Brady Pasola of The Gray Man Project is a U.S. Marine Corps veteran. He is a writer and executive protection professional, and he is the host of the upcoming new podcast, The Stoic Approach. Welcome to Can You Survive This Podcast, Brady. Jeff, thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Good to see you. Appreciate you coming on. I'm excited to... uh, dive in and learn a little bit more about the stoic approach um why don't we just start off with uh what is the stoic approach uh, how'd you get into stoicism can you tell me a little bit about um what exactly does the stoic approach mean yeah fair enough well this is an offshoot from my uh, gray map project on instagram my little weird entity that i created on youtube that uh, over the years has uh, seemed to i've seemed to have a lot of fun with a stoic approach, the, the idea is to take, take current events, take like lessons, media, news, and talk about it through the lens of stoicism. And stoicism is a 2,500-year-old philosophy that, um, you know, is, is more about logic and reason uh, than anything else. It helps take the idea that there are emotionally eliciting events and subjects and people and things that happen um in our purview we watch it especially on social media on youtube on the news it's in the real world and it all elicits an emotional reaction especially here in the digital world people say things now to try and to elicit a reaction out of you to help with their algorithmic response because that's what we're all doing we're all fighting the algorithm are we not mm-hmm. so what is happening is is When people elicit your emotional response, they now have control over your actions. And those actions are like, share, commenting, all that stuff. What I want to do, I mean, no, you're wrong. This is going to be for YouTube and stuff like that. So I want people to like, share, but I want to do it in an honest way. I want to do it in a a holistic, healthy, uh, rational way. I don't want to elicit a response. I want people to go, damn, that's a good point. So what the Stoic approach is, is we're going to be talking about current events. Hopefully once a week, I still have financial obligations, which means I still work a full-time job. So I still got to do that. So until sponsors want to give me money for this, wink, wink, um, I, um, not, not you, Jeff, <laughs> the other, other sponsors watching this. But um, what it is, is I'm going to be uh, with a couple other folks who are going to remain behind the scenes. They're 
they're Hollywood folks and they don't, you know, case this ever does go south. Uh, I don't want them to, you know, ever, ever get in trouble. So or risk them. So, but um, it's basically, I'm going to try and create a rational, logical approach explanation about things going on, whether it's current events or a stoic approach to divorce or stoic approach to jobs or stoic approach to cancel culture or stoic approach to whatever, but it's a rational approach that helps people go, okay, yeah, now I understand. And you know what? I like this. And I want to read more, you know, stoicism where they can, you know, where they say, hey, I want to read in more stoicism and I want to live a more rational life because you and I both witnessed um, if there was one most emotionally provoking event that div that just split our country apart in half um, was was COVID. And I will tell you, people every single day were uh, just confused and scared yeah. and frightened, you know? Yep. So I'm hoping that this brings brings uh, more rationality to the world and people start checking their feelings and going, okay, I'm not going to run my life off emotions, which there's nothing wrong with emotions. There's nothing wrong with this. It makes us human, right? It's, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I, I, to make decisions under the influence of emotion, I think is a, not the most advantageous way to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ne never make a big decision uh, when you're in an emotional state. Right. Emotions are good. They're important to feel what you got to feel. But, um, you know, in the new year, I'm getting back into my meditation practice. And one of the things that I remind myself, and I think it's important to remind other people is I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my feelings. So like if I go into meditation, I like to pull back and just observe those thoughts and feelings and feel them to the full extent that I need to feel them, but don't attach myself to them and don't associate my identity with a thought or a feeling. Um, and I, I feel like, is that kind of like what stoicism is a little bit? Um, yeah, you're, 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 you're almost there. A lot of it is, is okay. I'm feeling an emotion. Sometimes when we feel emotions, we just block out all rationality. We just are driven by emotion. That's part of being human. Um, what stoicism does, it allows you to recognize the emotion that is happening. And you go, what? Oh, 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 I'm pissed. I'm angry. You know? Okay. And am I about to lash out to somebody? Am I about to do something because of that emotion? I should stop for a second relax for a second okay i'm angry what's anger what is it did someone just say something bad to me did some, some someone say write something about me that was bad okay well i can't control that so it is what it is i detach your can you know it's recognizing what's within your control and what's out of your control and then focusing on what's within your control is your emotions and your and your actions and so it's just yeah i would say maybe detaching a bit but also not acting irrationally when it's like there's good emotions too, love mm -hmm. and lust. Well, love and lust can hurt people too. You know, someone is very lustful. It might, might cause them to do something that they don't want to do, you know, or, or so it's just one of those things going, okay, I can be a more rational person here and I'm not going to react under the influence of this, this, this emotion.
This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. One of the things um, that I've worked on over the years personally as well is um, I call it stimulus space response. And so there's a stimulus and then there's a response, and I work on putting more space in between rather than just having some someone says something to me, I get pissed off, and then I need to say something right away. I like to put the space in there before I react. Did you read Victor Frankl's uh, Masters for Meaning? I actually did not. It's one of his uh, quotes. Uh, when between stimulus response, there's space, and that space is the power to choose your response, and that power to choose your response lies your growth and your freedom. That's Victor Frankl, who which was a Holocaust survivor uh, from Auschwitz, if I if I remember correctly, um, and that's there's physiology in that. Um, you know, from what I've read, there's there's physiology in 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 that in that space where you can choose your response. You're going to have emotions. There's nothing you can do about that. You're going to feel it. You know, whether it's anger, love, lust, sadness, you're going to feel it. But that space, like you're talking about, is there's an ability there to use that space, whether it's a second, a minute, or an hour, a day, or however long, you know? And the only way that you can really do that is to be present and be mindful. And that's where, uh, you know, where I think Eastern philosophy meets Western philosophy is that Eastern philosophy is a lot about meditation that you do, um, where you can practice that mindfulness and get yourself in a, in a state of mindfulness and, and presence. I, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Viktor Frankl quote. I actually didn't know that. Um, but I'll just, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here. I'm, I'm putting together a book of my favorite quotes that I learned from guests on the show. Um, and I have no idea how interesting that seems to people, but I just made a note 
that uh, that's going to go in the in the book of quotes that I've learned from guests on Can You Survive This Podcast. There's another quote. Um, I, I think you should read the book. I think everyone should read the book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. But there's another one. Um, and and I can't really quote it, but it's about a man's um, ability to choose. When everything is taken away from you, a man always still has one thing that's left and his ability to choose how he perceives something or how he goes. Because, you know, even when you're faced with death, you still have the choice in how you view death. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I'll tell you what, it's a great book. It'll, it'll, it'll put you in a different mindset. It'll put you different ways. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. I'm going to check that out. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I'm going to check that out because I'm also really into like reframing and choosing how you perceive things. So like, for example, like, you know, there was probably a couple of years ago, if someone cut me off in traffic, I'd be really pissed off and I'd probably like give them the finger and all these things. But now I just choose to perceive it like, yeah, they probably, they really got to go to the bathroom and I'm just going to let them go. And now suddenly my day is much easier and much lighter. Yeah, that's one thing I think is really important. And look, I'm a human being, you know, when, when people, it's funny when people think, oh, you study stoicism, you must be the most stoic person ever, or you're Spock. It's like, that's little as stoicism. That's nothing to do with suppression of emotion. It's choosing your reaction despite the emotion. And, you know, like I work in, in the security industry and when you're driving a client, especially in Los Angeles, as I'm, I'm sure, you know, um, people are going to drive the way they want to drive and driving down Santa Ana um, Boulevard and in, in what in Beverly Hills and someone's hundred thousand dollar vehicle comes close to yours and they're driving crazy. And you're just trying not to get hit because you know, your insurance is going to skin you alive if they have to, you know, and so you do your best to deescalate yourself and pay attention um, when when those incidents happen that elicit that emotional response, especially for someone I talked to in, you know, in the gun community, in the 2A community, uh, tactical community, the military, law enforcement, is your ability to understand. It's like, I'm the one with a gun on me right now, and it's my utmost responsibility to ensure that whatever happens around me, I don't accidentally escalate a situation, right? Because you're still dealing with other human beings who still suffer from the human condition like the rest of us. And so it's like, well, I'm the one with a gun. So if you flip someone off or they flip you off, you flip them right back. It might be some guy. It's like, today's the last straw, buddy. And you're the last straw. And all of a sudden you're faced in a confrontation where you do have to now use your firearm for self-defense. And that's not what we want. And so if you're the person that is more tactically trained and you're the person that has the firearm, you should hold yourself to a higher standard um, like anyone else and de-escalate all situations. That's my job 90% of the time in executive protection, customer service and de-escalation, whether it's de-escalating the clients, de-escalating someone like a shareholder that is pissed because a client you know, caused a shareholder to lose some money because of some stock, or it's de-escalating a teammate or de-escalating yourself or de-escalating an angry spouse. A lot of it is verbal judo and de-escalation. 
that requires you to have the utmost emotional control and be an emotionally mature adult in the situation. Go, okay. Oh, I recognize this. This is anger, right? And and at that point, you try and choose your choose your words, choose your actions, and you know whether it's flipping someone flipping you off or whether it's 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 someone else that you're like, okay, uh, this this is not going to go anywhere good. So let's let's figure out a solution rationally and taking your emotions out of it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I on here on Can You Survive This Podcast, we are always advocating for de-escalation. And uh, it's funny you mention it. I actually did used to do some driving for uh, for Hollywood types around here. And I did often have to de-escalate the client. Um, suddenly he's cursing at traffic and I'm like, well, you know, boss, maybe maybe he, maybe he had to take a shit. Maybe Maybe the guy that cut us <laughs> off, you know, he had to get to the bathroom. We'll let him go. We left early, so th- for this reason, you you had a client that left early. That is that is amazing. I would love a client that likes to leave early uh, for a meeting and doesn't show up late, and then you feel like you're the bad guy because you had to take forty minutes from sunset to, through La Cienega. Well, the trick is, you know, there's tricks to coaxing the client into leaving early. I'm always I like to play with psychology, and so you know, if you show up and you text the client that you got a hot Starbucks in the car. Maybe you can coax them out quicker. It, it works 40% of the time. I'm just going to write that down on my Palm Pilot real quick because that's a great idea. <laughs> For those, you know, that's fine. For anyone who wants to know what a Palm Pilot is, uh, go back to like 2002. <laughs> I remember those. I do remember those. Yeah. So, okay, so I'm curious, was there a time in your life like what drove you to getting into the stoic approach? Was it just something that was interesting to you or like, to me, like stoicism, it kind of like goes close to like a spiritual approach to things. And I find that lots of times when people have this turning of the corner where they want to approach life in a more mindful way, like sometimes they hit like a a dark moment or a, a low in their life. And I'm just curious, was there a moment in your life, um, like what drove you to getting into stoicism or was it just something that you thought was interesting and you started reading about it? Um, Probably both. I mean, we're all humans. We're always going to hit a darker point in our life. You know, I don't care who you are. Yeah. You know, there's as much as we'd love to, you know, study everything or whether it's, you know, whether it's spiritual, philosophical, religious, you know, 
whatever it is, you're going to hit a dark point in your life and you're going to seek something. Um, I was seeking for something and then I was hit with a quote by, by Seneca the Younger and he said, um, we are more often frightened than hurt. We suffer more in imagination than we do reality. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I often, you know, uh, I've gone through my emotional adversity. I tried to see a counselor and then, you know, it just didn't work out. So I started studying psychology and, and, and brain physiology on my own. And then philosophy came about and it was like, oh, cool. Three P's, you know, the philosophy, physiology, and psychology all kind of come together. And I think everyone should, should, should learn about their brain. I think in our tactical communities, I, I've mentioned before in other podcasts is our tactical community is all about, you know, troubleshooting your weapon and they'll say the mind is the greatest weapon but they know how to troubleshoot their rifle first before they can troubleshoot their own brain and their brain is the one asset the one tool that they got to keep sharp that they got to keep you know focused and aligned to be able to take all their skills and tools and use that um you know for for whatever it is that they're using it for whether it's survival or you know law enforcement military or what what have you um and so stoicism when i jumped into it. I read about um, Seneca and then I got to Epictetus and then I got to Marcus Aurelius and obviously Marcus Aurelius is the most common known one, but it, it goes back, I mean, 2,500 years. Um, and, and there's all these different influences and all these different characters and actors that have been a part of this, um, this, this, this philosophy. And it doesn't just, it doesn't exclude philosophies. It includes other philosophy and goes, how, how can we make this better? What are things can I can I adopt and and add into this to make it better? Because it's a, it's a pragmatic philosophy. It's designed for living, as they say. So it's not one of those like pothead type philosophies where like, so what do you think of like God exists, bro? Or what? It's there. I mean, there's obviously there's that, but there's um, stoicism is just like I feel like shit today. Um, how can I feel better about it? And and what's what's going to make me feel good temporarily? And can I reject that for something that's going to last permanently, right? Like exercise, physical fitness, just being a good person, living a good life. That's going to make you happier longer than sex or drugs or alcohol or things like that. It's It's rejecting pleasure for virtue because ultimately virtue is the highest good. So, okay. I'm a little bit, I'm kind of new to stoicism. So maybe you can educate me. You mentioned virtue over pleasure. Is there something in stoicism? Um, what is the four virtues in stoicism? Is that a thing? Yeah, the four virtues, um, wisdom, courage, justice, and temperance. And what those are, the pillars where where it's it's a guide. It's a guide to your, how you behave and how you act. Um, and Remember, this is coming from a place of imperfection. I, this is you, stoicism is, isn't ever going to make you a perfect person. The idea is is to help you be a better person every day, and the idea is to find happiness is through becoming a better person through the four virtues of understanding what wisdom is, of being, of what courage is, of temperance, of of justice. You know, wisdom, stoic wisdom is. You know, as Epictetus said, there are things within your control and things that are your control and reject the things. Don't worry about the things out of your control. I can't control 
what someone says about me. I can't control weather. I can't control traffic. I can't control bad people. I can't, I can't control any of that. And so it makes no sense for me to sit there and, and worry about it. What I can control are my emotions about it. And then my actions, I don't want my emotions to control my actions. So, all right, I'm feeling like shit about it. Can I control it? Okay. So what can I do? I can't do anything about it. So I'm not going to choose to worry too much about it. I can certainly be concerned and understand this is, this is an issue, but ultimately in the end, it is what it is, you know? And then when it comes to courage, Courage, I think, is universal. It doesn't matter, you know, where you come from or what background. Courage is action in the face of adversity. You know, in in in, in executive protection, it's, it's professionalism in the face of adversity. It's it's being able to say, well, yeah, this sucks, but um, got to get it done. It is what it is. This is going to suck, but I can give up and you know or whatever. But uh, that ain't going to help. So action in the face of adversity, I'm going to do move forward despite uh, the adversity I'm, I'm experiencing, because eventually what people forget is that time heals, time, you know, this will pass, this too will pass. I forgot who said that, but I love that quote, this too, what, my goodness, this too will pass, I, I'll just say it like that. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard sure it, I don't know, I don't know who but, said it, but yeah, this too shall pass. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm always telling the, people there's there's light at the end of this tunnel too. There 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 is as long as long as you trust yourself to get through it. It's it's funny is people ask me is like well I'm I'm dealing with this right now. Okay, how old are you? Well, I'm 50 years old. Okay, so for the last 50 years you figured it out, and guess what's going to happen? You're going to figure it out again too. I promise you. You don't give up. That's that's. And I'm not saying when you give up that you're not, that you're being weak or that you're not courageous or that you're, it's just action in the face of adversity is hard. It's always going to be hard. It's never going to be easy. That's what adversity is. It's, it's hard shit. Um, and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt for a while, but you'll heal. You will heal and you'll move through this and this will pass too. And then um, justice, the third uh, virtue is justice. And that's treating other people with um, how they deserve to be treated based on their actions, but also treating them with kindness, dignity, and respect, regardless of how they treat you. And, and, you, and you still treat them with that because unless they're pedophiles or communists, then we don't, we don't care about them. Yeah. Um, that being said. <laughs> Certainly. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Women, women, women abusers, pedophiles, you know, and, and communists, I just throw out there because, you know, there's always someone out there like, ah. <laughs> um, but that being said, um, but you treat people with kindness and respect because that's the right thing to do. Because regardless of how they treat you, you can choose how you respond. You can, if you, if you accept something as disrespect, then it will be disrespectful. Like you it's noise from a mouse. Someone can, someone can yell at you or call you names, but it's noise. That's what it is, you know. And 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 if you accept that as just that's just noise is what it is, you can reject their intent. If their intent is disrespect you, and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> that's noise, buddy. 
you know, good for you. Sorry. Sorry. You feel that way. That's not my problem. What you think about me is not my problem. You know, as long as I try and live a good life and try and be a good person, you know, cause you're always going to have people that are going to disagree with you. It doesn't matter where you go. Everyone's going to disagree with you because that's being a human because everyone grew up differently, uh, worships differently. They vote differently. They look differently. Everyone's going to have a different opinion. It is what it is. You can't change that. So you accept that for what it is. So, but treat people good. Um, and you won't have your problems. And if you do have problems, well, then we revert back to courage, action in the face of adversity. And then lastly, temperance, which is moderation. Moderation in all things, your attitude, your lifestyle, your drinking, your, your smoking, your drug, whatever it is, you know, seek moderation in all things. You know, try and be a balanced person, even how you vote, even how you look at things. So, you know what? Do I really think the way I think? Or is this something that someone taught me to think? Okay, well, that's one extreme. This is an extreme. I prefer to be in the middle. And that's where they, virtue is is in moderation. So, and and people use their politics as virtue. You're like, I'm right wing, so I'm right. And I'm better than you. And I'm left wing, or what did I say? Right wing, I'm better than you. Left wing, I'm better than you, right? They're on extremes. There's no virtue in extremism. There's no virtue in, in any of that. Virtue is in moderation. If you want to be virtuous and find yourself down, down the middle, you know, and look at both things rationally and logically. Stop thinking with too much emotion. Stop thinking with too much religion and just look at things for how they are. I love that. I love, I love that. I, we just made another quote just now. It's there's no virtue in extremism. I think that's fantastic. I, uh, I actually, um, I think I scare people more than being on one side or the other because I consider myself a, a centrist, uh, an independent. And I think that's scarier. I think some people get more scared of that because they just want to know like where you land on everything. And I'm like, well, sometimes I can see it from this way. Sometimes I can see it from that way. I think that's the best, best way to be. And I mean, wrong. There's days where I, and more leftist than another day. And there's days where I'm more conservative in another way. There's, you're going to have those days. You're going to have those days where you look at something and you're like, oh my God, what are they, you know? And you're like, well, hold on. Let's, let's, let's pull it back a little bit. Let's go back to the fence. They call me a, I've been called a fence sitter before. And I'm like, well, let me put myself back on that fence, you know, and sit there. It's not because, you know, being a centrist doesn't make you a fence sitter. It makes you someone that's just trying to be rational, objective, and observational and go, I don't want to be identified with these guys. I don't have to be identified with these guys. People should seek social independence to extract themselves from the hive mind because a hive mind, there is no organized, rational brain of the hive mind. It's everyone's ideas that come together and they're like, what'd you say? Yeah, I like that. You like that. You like that. You like that. Yeah, we all like that. And, and then you all just proverbially jerk each other off about what you like. And there's always got to be one person that's actually like step back and say, actually, I do feel differently. And, and I don't agree with you guys anymore, or I'm changing. I'm growing as a human being. And I don't, I don't feel like you guys feel. I don't think you guys think. And that, Sometimes it can be dangerous, you know, when you step away from the hive mind, the hive is like, fucking, how dare you? How dare you? Who are you to step away from, from, and you see it in politics, you see it on the right, you see it on the left. When someone steps away, they become pariahs, they become um, 
attacked. And that's, and that's where I think stoicism can kind of come into play sometimes and going, well, you know, what did Marcus really say? The object of life isn't to find yourself um, in the majority. It's to escape the ranks of the insane. And so oh, that's another good one. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that Nietzsche has another one. Um, oh, and Nietzsche actually is very far outside stoicism. Uh, Nietzsche needs, forgive me. I think it's, I think it's there, Nietzsche. 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 Yeah. And Nietzsche had something along those lines of just like, stop trying to fit in with the crowd and just find your own way. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so when we talk about centrism, um, you know, I, I think that's where virtue lives. I think that's where rationality lives when it comes to politics uh, or any worldview. It's just be a centrist, be an independent, you know, think for yourself for fuck's sake. You know, when did it become so bad to think for yourself and say, you know what, I don't think like you guys anymore. And that's okay. That doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make you right either. But it certainly just makes you someone that's just growing up as a human being. I, I consider myself aggressively independent and uh i think that makes some people uncomfortable though because they want to be able to put people in a box you know they don't everyone has to have a find a certain way to identify someone what box can i put you in so i can think about you a certain way and you know what sometimes it's okay to say it's not your business either you know i don't when did it be a come up when did it become okay to 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 for people to tell you or ask you who did you vote for this is polite conversation buddy i don't need to tell you that and i don't want to tell you well i need to know because i, I want to know if you're you know you know uh, <laughs> a leftist communist or a right-wing fascist or a right-wing you know racist or, or a left-wing you know what you know sometimes it's okay just to get along with people and you don't know who they are or what they are and sometimes if you don't put a person in a box you get to enjoy them better you get to really just enjoy the, the human experience back and forth, you know, and, and when I'm doing my job, when I'm executive protection, I'm not, I'm whatever the client wants me to be at that point. <laughs> um, because I've seen guys lose jobs, <laughs> you know, for shaking their head at some political symbol or something like that, you know, and they're like, oh, are you there? You know, I've had clients try and prompt me, you know, Trump did this. What do you think about that? Or Biden did this. What do you think about that? It's like, ah, I work too much. I don't see a lot of that stuff. You know, so I don't, I don't have, you know, I don't see a lot of stuff to, to, to think either way, sir. You know, what do you think about it? Get them back to talking. Yeah, exactly. I just say, oh, I just, I don't watch the news. It's too stressful. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And you know, that reminded me, what you were saying reminded me of part of my meditation practice is I don't identify with my thoughts. I don't identify with my feelings I don't identify with my sensations or my perceptions. These are all just things that pass through me. And then what remains is just the awareness of all these things. Um, but I feel like in, in society today, people want you to identify with these things. And I just want to kind of like move beyond that and just, just be a, a being a happy being that gets along with everyone as much as possible except for the you know the uh the abusers of of the week and that kind of thing yeah you know it's it's okay to let things pass through you without um who said oh my gosh I remember who said it. 
So the mark of an educated mind to entertain a thought without fully accepting it. I don't know who that was. I'm going to write that down and look it up. Yeah. It is the mark of an educated mind to accept things without, or to mark of an educated mind to, I don't know, investigate, or I don't know what the language was, but you know, yeah, to, like I don't, I can entertain a thought. Accepting. I can entertain oh, a thought without, yeah, I don't necessarily have to agree with it to, yeah. to think, to think about it and ponder it. Right. Yeah. You can analyze things and there's nothing. And that's, you should be analyzing things. You should be analyzing thoughts. And I think where stoicism helps me is when someone says something, yeah, initial reaction, be like, wait, what? That doesn't, well, hold on a second. My biases are, 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 are affecting my ability to take this thought and this idea and go, well, hold on. Let me, let me see it from your, your point of view, you know, and define that for me, define what you think, define that word for me you know, and okay, all right. And, and then have that debate, the discussion. Okay. So from your point of view, okay. And that's why I hate, you know, I've had people, I want to debate you. I don't want to debate because debate implies that there's a winner and a loser. And when people find that there's a winner or a loser, they will say anything. They'll do anything. They'll use logic traps and this and that. But if we have a conversation, then we learn on both sides. Then we get to then we both get to learn. Then we both aren't there because we want to, one wants to win or learn. It's emotionally eliciting to be a winner or a loser. But if we're having a conversation, if we're getting to learn each other, getting to learn new topics, we're like, oh, this is this is cool. Then it's then it's just passing information back and forth. Oh, you know, I didn't see it like that, or you know, I don't agree with that. But let me let me throw something at you like this. You know, so that's where the conversation. And so I think a lot of us human beings have gotten away from it. And, and we, it's either, either you're this or you're that either you're right or you're wrong. There is no gray there. It's always black and white. So speaking of gray, how long have you been doing the gray man project? Is that just like your IG name or what is, what is behind the gray man project? Gray man project is just an IG name. You know, it's, it's an idea I had years ago when, when coronavirus started coming out, a lot of people were having a really tough time and watching people just kind of, well, no pun intended, shitting themselves over toilet paper, you know, shortages, losing their minds emotionally speaking. Um, it occurred to me that so many Americans and so many people around the world just weren't prepared for lack of necessities because everyone kind of lives from like, I don't know, paycheck to paycheck in terms of, of, of supplies. Like I have no food. I'm going to go get more food, you know, or I have no toilet paper. I'm going to go get toilet paper. It's instead of just saying like, well, something's on sale or I should stock up on these things because these are things that I do like, or this is things that I should, I, I use a lot and I shouldn't, you know, wait till it runs out before I go and get it. That's just the essence of preparedness, having extra things on hands. But unfortunately, you know, TV and politics and 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 different TV shows take this idea of preparedness and and try and turn it into this, I don't know, this weird thing where it's about guns, ammunition and anti-government and this and that. It's just, guys, it's just about having extra things on hand, being prepared. There's, look, Storms happen, disasters happen, government happens. That doesn't necessarily mean anti-government, just 
Understand government shutdowns happen. So like, look at the history of the United States, look at the history of the world. Things happen and you should be prepared for it. So you don't have to rely on anyone else but yourself for it. And so I wanted to take preparedness and, and give it a more pragmatic, more edible approach to the everyday person, regardless of your politics, regardless of, of who you are. I wanted to give it, you know, a look to where people go, okay, yeah, I like that. This isn't about voting one way. This isn't about, you know, militias and camouflage and, and wilderness survival. It's just about, I need these things. I should have these things in case these things happen. So Gray Man is still has a bit of a tactical name to it. And, and, and the idea of Gray Man has even evolved for me over the years to where I've come to redefine it for myself in a different way than, than when it began. You know, the original idea of Gray Man was, you know, the Book of Eli type stuff where there's a massive disaster and you got to blend in with your environment and, and you have to um, be this all-knowing, hard-skilled, tactical weapons experts, you know, and, and just be a ninja. Um, and blend in with a crowd. And, and, and there is a pragmatic use to the great man, you know, if you're an EP agent trying to blend in with the crowd, so your client doesn't stand out or so, you know, you don't stand out when you're with your clients. So like, oh, security, you know, um, for undercover, you know, police for, I don't know, Intel operatives or SF guys, whatever it is, there's, there's a way to blend in with your environment using their, um, you know, walking the walk, talking to talk, dress as they dress, you know, all those kind of things. So there's the tactical side of it, but I, there's also the philosophical side, which I brought in um, stoicism and combined it with just to say, hey, there's all these tactical aspects of being a gray man, but it doesn't do you any good unless you recognize your biases in your environment, like trying to determine whether you're being paranoid or being situational aware, right? And oftentimes our biases get in the way of how we can view things, whether something is a threat or not a threat, or whether something, you know, is going to harm us or, or harm somebody else. And so I think stoicism allows us an opportunity to be more rational, more logical, recognize a bias when it comes up. And then you can say, okay, that is a bias. And that bias is affecting the way I observe this situation. And the situation isn't as bad as I thought it was. This is my socioeconomic bias, my cultural bias, religious bias, political bias, whatever bias, racial bias, which happens quite a bit in our world. Mm -hmm. And so when you're able to use stoicism, moderation for virtue, to moderate your biases, you're not just being more tactical, you're being virtuously more tactical with your situational awareness. Does that, that I know I just went off on like really far out there, but that's what the gray man was. It started out a couple of years ago, but having fun with it. And I've actually been planning on maybe even changing it, you know, because, because just the idea of gray man has become kind of a joke. There's gray man tactical. It's like, that's, that's not even what gray man. And then everyone has same with stoicism as they do with gray man has a very simplistic view of it. You know, you, you wear something with a little bit of camo. You're not being gray. Well, what's the purpose of me wearing what I'm wearing right now? You, context and intent. Those are the two things that I think are so skipped over in society. What's context and intent? What's context of something was said? What was the intent behind it? What's the context of what I'm wearing? What's the intent behind it? What's the context of the situation? Stoicism requires context. Gray man requires context. Tactical situations require context, intent, all those things. Context and intent are the two biggest things that are lost on our society these days. So you're so it sounds like you're evolving from gray man to more of a stoic 
you might even change you, you, you're saying you might change the ig name even i don't know I, a lot of people know it as it is so i might keep it there but it's still a project that's why it's called gray man project it is a project it's an ever and projects always evolve it's an ever evolving ever yeah. yeah so i what i wanted to do was bring a nerd element to the tactical world everything's about multicam and shooting and guns and rifles and operator and beards and fucking dip and and t-shirt you know it's I, but i want to bring a nerd aspect to it of it you know and say hey look in order for you to be more lethal i think you have to be more objective and more rational i think the study of stoic philosophy can help people become more um tactically effective and tactically uh, efficient i think to be a gray man to have better situational awareness to observe your environment the study of stoicism helps you become more logical to study your your environment in a more rational uh objective way than than an emotional paranoid where if someone who's listening wants to dive in a little deeper with stoicism where should they start is there a book or should they start like with your page or which what what would you recommend to someone who wants to dive a little deeper i you know people don't like to read much so i would say go get the books the classics right but youtube i think is so great when it comes so there's a lot of resources out there a lot of it's now becoming like ai generated voice and so and they're just taking excerpts from book but there's one guy out there and i oh i forgot his name but it's called the greatest speech on stoicism ever and the guy it's a lecture it's he's got glasses on he's got uh, curly hair it's from the 80s and it is a wonderful wonderful it talks about marcus aurelius and stoicism um, but there's lots of, if you do some searching, if this is what you really want to study, if you want to change your life around, this is something where you just go, oh, I read meditations from Marcus Aurelius, or I read the Enchiridion, or I read letters from a Stoic by Seneca, and now I'm a Stoic. No, you're adopting a whole different lifestyle. Now you're choosing a different path in your life. You're choosing to say, I want to be a better man. I want to be a better woman. And so I'm going to read these things and I'm going to adopt them. Even even the Stoics say, don't just show that you have, don't just say that you read books, show, adopt the philosophy, adopt it as a lifestyle. It is a design for living. You know, I had a guy the other day said, I want to be sober. Stoicism is the way to go. He's like, I didn't want to go to AA because, well, I just, I'm not a religious guy and it's about God. I said, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. I mean, I found my path to God, but that doesn't make you a bad person because you haven't. That's, if that's not you, that's not you, that's fine. And so Stoicism helps it. And it's, the Stoics talk about God as well, not not the traditional uh, the Abrahamic God that we talk about, like Christianity and 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 Islam and and Judaism, but they have their their divine beliefs, and that a lot of Stoics say it's like, hey, um, we possess a share of the divine because we possess a share in reason, you know. So they they have their spiritual beliefs. That's what Stoicism they say it's like that's why we let go of things out of control because that's according to nature things work out the way they're going to there's nothing you can do about it so if it's going to work out it's going to work out be indifferent to the outcome the outcome works out in your favor great that's awesome if it doesn't then it's a gift of adversity where you get character development and mental resilience things work out it, they literally say and i forgot it was epictetus but i think he said you know don't wish for things to work out the way you want them to wish for things to work out as they're supposed to and you'll find peace and when you accept things that work out and go, yeah, this sucked, but it worked out the way it was probably supposed to work out. And look, 40 years old, 
I'm still figuring that shit out. There's times where I look and it's like, man, there's a lot of shitty things that happen for this really cool thing to happen right now. All right, cool. You know, like stoicism, something, you know, I've gone through adversity and stoicism has helped me. And then stoicism has allowed me to help other people and, and do things that, that, that have been awesome. That have made me better at my job. Interesting. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know if I heard you saying this in a different interview or maybe it's coming from somewhere else, but um, basically like I can't have any regrets because you could basically pick anything that you love. Um, yeah, that was me. I, that was me talking about my daughter. Yeah, that was really beautiful. I, I love that. Like I love my daughter. So how can I have any regrets? Because like everything led me to where I am now and that's having my daughter who I love. So even if there were some bad things in my past, it still led me to where I am so let me to my wife and it still led me to my daughter and I gotta love everything about that the process to get to where they are now so I can't I can't regret the process and that to me in my mind and, and people might disagree I might agree it's it's fine but yeah um if I read anything about my past then then I feel like I'll be regretting the existence of my daughter and I love my daughter and I love my wife and I think they're beautiful and so if I love them, I have to love every thing that happened, whether it's bad or good, that allowed them into my life and allowed, allowed them to be where, be where we are now. Yeah, it's like every step you took led you to the things that you have now that you love. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, it's a process, too, if people forget. It's okay to love yourself, by the way. And that's the one thing I forgot to mention about justice is where you are now you have to love because you you got to find love for yourself and justice you know the stoke justice isn't just treating other people's well it's treating yourself well it really is it's it's remembering that it's look we've all fucked up we've all done some dumb shit in our past you know god knows i have i was a marine you know and even after that you know i'm just starting to settle down now i'm 40s on settling down you know and and you have to learn to forgive yourself. You have to learn to accept the responsibility and say, yeah, I was a jackass. I was a fucking idiot. Yeah, I did that. Okay. That is my past and, and I'll deal with it as it comes up. But, um, you know, you grow, you move on and you're not, and no one is allowed to tell you who you are now was no one can, how do I put this? Nobody has any business fucking telling you that you're the same person you were you know, yesterday or the day before or a month ago or a year ago, we all change every day. You're changing, you're bettering yourself. You're becoming a different person every single day. The way I thought yesterday isn't the way I thought a couple months ago, right? You're changing as a person. And, you know, this whole thing where, where people try and hold you to this flame of who you used to be just is so, it's hypocritical, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, uh, I once had a uh, a lawyer tell me that uh, people will always judge you by your darkest moment and they'll forget about the the good things you did. Um, but one of the concepts that I like to try to incorporate into my life, I call it radical self-acceptance. And, uh, you know, you just I think I was watching your IG the other day and you were you were I think you were on a live or a story or something saying, you know, telling the people out there, be gentle with yourself, you know. 
forgive yourself if you maybe you fucked up in the past we all we're all human we've all done it forgive yourself be gentle with yourself and i like to call it radical self-acceptance i like that i would like to borrow that from you if that's okay absolutely spread it around <laughs> so we've been going for almost an hour and i just want to make sure do you have time and are you down for the can you survive this podcast hypothetical survival scenario sure we have a whole survival scenario and we're gonna see if you can survive this podcast and if you don't like you know if i say it's a but you picked b you can always push back on me because uh we're just trying to educate the audience and have a little bit of fun as well sounds good all right, so let, let's get a little bit wild here, and let me get my notes out. All right, so for this hypothetical survival scenario, you are unarmed. You're walking down the street. Suddenly, a 15-passenger van blocks your path. Three men hop out, one with a gun, and they say, hand over your wallet and your phone. Do you A, run and take cover behind the engine block of a nearby vehicle, or B, assume a nonviolent posture and try to de-escalate the situation? Can I do C? Sure. Tell me, what's your C? Get butt naked and freak them out <laughs> be a crazy yeah you know it, i feel like in the west coast here in california that, that would probably work actually um back to the reality uh, um am i armed you're not you are unarmed yeah so it's dark nighttime three dudes jump out i'm by myself not with anybody correct Well, I got a wife and a daughter. Chances are, if I give them, give them what they want, they'll, they'll fuck off. B is correct. De-escalation is, is what we're looking for. Yeah. All right. So you de-escalate the situation, but they somehow corral you into the back of the van. Is now you're being... Or... What's that? There ammo back there or candy? Did they lure me in with that? They lured you in with candy. <laughs> they corralled me somehow. They cornered me, corralled me. Exactly. They they corner you. One's got a gun. You're kind of playing along. You're trying to de-escalate, but you end up in the van. You're in the back. The driver's swerving. And you realize he's about to crash. So do you A lay flat on the floor of the vehicle or B brace yourself for impact by placing your head against the seat in front of you and your hands over your head. That's an interesting, I've never heard of lay flat on the floor. I mean, because I've never heard of it and because that's way out there. I'm inclined to um, say lay flat on the floor, but bracing myself against the seat um so the inertia i can just 
the inertia is right there, so against the seat. But lay flat down. Son of a bitch, I've never heard that before. I don't know what the physics are about laying on the ground. Because the vehicle flips upside down. I guess either way. Um, I feel like I feel like I'm not going to choose what you guys are looking for because I've never heard lay flat on the ground. I'm, I think that's probably the right answer, but I'm going to go with what I know. And that's the instinct that's going to happen. That moment is going and embracing myself because that's going to be my natural instinct. And I haven't practiced laying on the floor. So I'm going to go with with bracing myself against the seat and and probably wrapping grabbing a hold of like a, a, a um grabbing a hold of like a, a seatbelt if I can or something along those lines and, and brace myself. B, you got it. You got it correct. Okay. Brace yourself. Yeah. Where lay the fuck did where, where did you guys come with lay flat on like that? I love that. That's a wild one. Because <laughs> I yeah. really threw for a little I have to analyze that one. Exactly. That was just to throw the listeners off. You love know that. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> okay so the car crashes you've braced yourself the two guys in the front seats are kind of knocked out and disoriented but the third guy with the gun he's missing so do you a get out of the back of the van and look for a discreet place to hide while you assess the situation or b Go to the front of the van and try to commandeer the vehicle. Vehicle's probably going to be in working order. That means I have to push everybody out of the vehicle. That's a lot of work. It's just easier to pop out of the van and go assess the situation. Commandeer the vehicle isn't going to do me any good because it's just a lot of work. And I don't know what the status of my injury is. God forbid, you know what I know. And the guy with the gun's missing. He's probably been fucking ejected somewhere out there, hopefully, you know. So, and if he is, and the and the gun somewhere. Well, then if I find the gun, yeah, I got a new gun. And you know, it's, you know what? No, because it'd probably be a high point. Gross. Um, so now I'm gonna I'm gonna jump out and I'm gonna go uh find cover, assess the situation, assess my injuries, and then make a plan from there. You got it. A is correct. A is correct. So you hop out, you look you're looking for a place to hide and assess. Um and then the driver gets out, he's disoriented, and he's approaching you. He is unarmed. So do you A, run towards an escape route, or B, as he closes the gap on you, knock him out? Does he still have, does he have my wallet? He Well, one of them does. It could be this guy. It might be. We're not sure. He's disoriented. The right answer is to find escape route, but me being me, I'm gonna knock him the fuck out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find my fucking wallet because my life is in that bitch. And I don't know if you've ever lost credit cards or wallet before, but the fucking the process to do that will make you want to murder everybody in that fucking van. So he's getting a fucking elbow to his face. It's almost like you're reading off my paper. B, you got it right. You elbow him, you knock him out. Now for the listeners, if you are untrained. You probably do want to take the escape route, but if you're untrained, run away. Yeah. Yes, that is that is the, the correct. If you're untrained, even if you're trained, sometimes you do. But my anger at that point, stoicism out the fucking window. This guy's getting what he deserves, and he's getting he's oh oh that one that one pisses me off a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, dude. 
you know what you it's literally like you got the paper in front of you because you're b correct you knock him out you drop him with an elbow i actually have it written here to elbow him so you got you got that correct people people don't realize when it comes to close quarters combat an elbow is one of the most effective weapons that you have on you it is nasty especially if you got sharp elbows just just coming up one across will open up that cheekbone whatever it's it's a terrible weapon to be hit with. I'd rather get stabbed. I don't want to get hit in the face with an oh, elbow. Shit. It sucks, man. But you pull you pull one in a throat or one across the face, or I mean, even like in in some martial arts, you know, it's like you know, if someone goes to throw a punch. If you can get up there, get your elbow, and they bust their knuckles on your elbow, that's like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you they Enjoy those break, knuckles, buddy. Yeah, they're gonna break a knuckle or something on your elbow. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's great advice. If you're able to get up high and, and and get up there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're we're all we're about halfway through this scenario, and you got them all correct so far. So you're you're on it. Let's let's keep working through this. So you drop the guy, one hit, elbow, knock him the fuck out. Next, do you take off running, or? A is take off running. B is knock out the second guy who's also unarmed. The correct answer for everybody should be to, once you successfully defended yourself, I would search the person for my stuff. You knock them out, you should be gone. You should be get going because now people are, they're starting to recoup their, their, you know, if they're not terribly injured or if they are injured, they're just disoriented. They're starting to recoup their strength, their wherewithal. And the chances of you being able to defend the second assailant uh, go down with every minute, you know, that they're beginning to recoup their. Um, for me, uh, I would search the person I just knocked out, assess the situation. Okay, there's a van. There's another person. I still don't know where the gunman is. So I'd be. Yeah, I'd be I'd be taking, you know what? I would probably take cover just because I don't know where that fucking gunman is still. So I'd be probably probably taking cover on the corner and then assessing from there. Smart, smart. Well said. And uh yeah, great advice to the audience as well. So you get it correct. You 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 take off around the corner, you're assessing and Next thing you know, the guy with the gun shows up. Do you? What's his distance? He's, he's. Where is he? Where is the guy with the gun? Because there's a lot of variables there that I'm going to tell you whether, what I'm going to do. You know, if we're, if we're, you know, Wild West standing in the street, he's got a gun pointed at me. I'm going to move left or right, get out of the fatal funnel and find cover. He can shoot at me, which is fine. Go ahead, shoot at me and waste all your ammunition because you're going to fucking miss because you just were in a car accident and your, your ability to aim and shoot, unless you're trained, you're going to be shit out of luck trying to hit anything. So find cover away from people or, I don't know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's actually good. I actually, I want to explore that more. So he's, let's say he's 20 feet from you. He's been in an accident. Are you thinking you start kind of dipping and diving and, and like avoid and zigging and zagging, or are you just going to comply with whatever he says? 
I'm not going to comply with anything he says. At this point, he's more disoriented than I am. If I'm trained and he's not, uh, I'm going to assess his abilities, you know, you know, 20 feet. He can, he might be able to run. He might not. I don't know. I don't know what his guy's been trained in. If he's just some random jackass, him and his stupid buddies that uh, got jumped into a stupid gang, uh, um, probably not the greatest of, of marksman or, or a tactician. So, you know, he's pointing a gun at, at me, you know, um, there's always the, the, you know, mentally disarmed before you physically disarm, keep your hands in the air, please don't hurt me. You know, I'm unarmed, you know, because this can go to this can go for my knife can come here. This right here is what probably one of the best tactical tools is just having your hands going, I'm going to, I, I'm not, I'm unarmed, you know, uh-huh. but I'm here to whatever. So, Hey, you know, and maybe assess and go, okay, you know, um, see what happens, but I'd have to, I'd have to watch this guy's stability, you know, and, and his, how he's holding a weapon, you know, what's the cover between me? Is, is there something between me and him and 20 feet, you know, um, is it wide open? So there's a lot, there's a lot of variables there. Okay. So, so for this scenario, this, this is going to get a little crazy. He's closing right. the distance on you. He's got he's got you at gunpoint. He's moving in on you slowly. And the second guy, slowly. he's slowly coming closer to you. He's got he's got the gun on you. The second guy who was not knocked out, he comes behind you and he duct tapes your hands. He's then, got to put his hands on me first. So my hands he's got to put his hands on me first so what so what would you do in that scenario one guy's coming at you with a gun the other guy's trying to tape you do you start fighting him absolutely i'm not letting him take me to a second location this is going to be a fight now we're all going to die so <laughs> and one of us is going to die last so if he the guy comes up behind me grabs me he's getting he's getting fucking handled i'm probably going to use him for cover uh, when his buddy starts shooting, if I can, if I can get this guy in front of me, I'm gonna start using him for cover. Um, I'm going to use big muscles versus little muscles. I'm gonna C clamp his fucking eyeball like this. Oh, you know, shit. like right in there, because now he's got to try to unfuck that situation before anything else. If that makes sense. Yeah. There's, you know, if he's if he's behind me getting around me, the fight's on. He's not getting. They're not taking me to a secondary location. Either, either, I'm gonna. We're all gonna die. That's what's going to happen. At that point, I'm not. Someone's you're going, not going, someone's going. You're not going to the second location, is what you're saying. No, it's no, not going to happen. Not, never let anyone take you to a secondary location ever. You know, that's actually very smart because I had written in here a secondary location, and they were going to try to do some crazy shit. But I feel like for this scenario, if you fight them both off. You use the one guy as a human shield. Then the guy with the gun starts panicking. He gets closer and you disarm him. You never end up at the secondary location. Keep in mind the granny up in the building who doesn't mind her own business that watches the street is already called the cops because there's been a car accident and a crash on the street somewhere. So the cops are probably fucking coming. Yeah. So, yeah, these guys are going to start to panic if, if the cops haven't been there already when there's a car accident because... One of my best open source intelligence assets has been retired folks 
who got nothing better to do than watch the street, especially like in my neighborhood. You make friends with a granny in the neighborhood, they will write down license plate numbers, vehicles, what the guys look like, and they'll tell you about it. They'll absolutely tell you about it. And those people are always calling the fucking police. So police are already on their way. I guarantee somewhere on that scenario, this made up scenario, grandma has already called the police. You know, that's a good point. I was actually just traveling for the holidays and I'm, I feel like I'm like an old man at heart. Cause I'm always like, I hear something and I'm like, I want to see what's going on outside. What's going on out there. That's I'm, like the, uh, I'm like the old fucking man in my, uh, at heart. But, uh, so you don't go to the second location. You, you fight the guys off. Granny's called the cops. The cops show up and you survive the scenario. Yay. So <laughs> that was, that one was a little wild. You know, sometimes I've, I've had a lot of different stuff here. We've had like, uh, zombies we've had aliens we've had active shooters um and basically the the survival scenario comes from uh i take skills from uh clint's book actually 100 deadly skills and i make up a survival scenario and it's just a little bit of fun for the audience to uh play along at home and and see if they can survive the podcast as well but what i like to do is have um have the guest kind of gets to improvise and explain things along the way. So you did very well with that. And uh, yeah, thanks for playing along. I appreciate it. Do I get the, uh, the security footage to throw on Instagram for my social media clout? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that's what's funny nowadays is there's, you know, when it comes to crime, there's always a camera watching now. Someone's always got a phone. There's always a camera now. You know, a lot of times, like, you know, people, it's, it's, when it comes to these type of things, um, like these kidnappings or walking on the street in the middle of the night or something like that. Yeah, there's security cameras and stuff like that. People are going to do what they want to do, but you have to pick and choose when you're going to do it and know your neighborhood and know um, what you're capable of. If, if you, how do I shape these days? If you don't train a lot these days, if you don't go to the range these days, if you don't, you know, start thinking about where your, where your skills and abilities are, you know, um, and, and start assessing yourself and assessing what would happen um, based off that. I mean, what you just described is probably every single dude's like daydream of walking down, like, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop a terrorist on a plane or I'm going to stop, you know, Every dude daydreams about, for some reason, like being able to like be the badass in the situation, but you have to be realistic. How trained are you? How in shape are you? Um, how strong are you? And how smart are you in these situations? Um, mm -hmm. And that's assessing all these variables and analyzing these variables and understanding yourself or who you are in these variables and being realistic. Absolutely. Well said. So radical self-acceptance, just the, the thing that we were talking about before the scenario, I do hope that you will spread that around. Please take it from me if you find uh, use in it or you're able to talk about it in, uh, in your stoic approach. I hope that you will use it and share it with other people. Um, 
So the stoic approach that's coming out soon or are you still in the works? Shot my first episode in this weird ass studio setup I got in my garage here in the mountains. Um still editing that on my iMovie because I am not a photo shop uh extraordinary elitist yet. I'm still a peasant on my MacBook. So um, but uh still editing that and then and I'll get a hopefully pushed out uh, on the first, as my producer has been pushing me to do. So, um, but yeah, so hopefully that comes out. And I, you know, I don't expect very many views on it. I imagine there'll be five, you know, views, and one of them probably one of my buddies probably trolling me on there, going, hey, "You look weird, boy." Um, so, but you know, hopefully it'll gain some traction. Hopefully it'll spark uh, spark something or resonate with people and say, "Hey, I do want to." I do want to see current vets from a, from a different view, from a different approach, from a more rational approach. I'm tired of CNN. I'm tired of Fox news. I'm tired of MSNBC. I'm tired of all these, 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 these things that are just, just talking as opinions, you know? So hopefully that comes out on the first and, and yeah, definitely look for it. If nothing else, follow me on the gray man project, gray man, G R A Y M A N dot project on Instagram. And that's, that's where I am. I don't get too fantastic. And can you tell me, I'm just curious with the stoic approach, are you going to have guests or is it going to be mostly like you, um, like teaching things or kind of giving your, uh, your thoughts on different things from us, from like a stoic perspective or a little of everything. Um, for right now, it's me reading off a teleprompter cause I got ADHD. Otherwise I'll ramble on as I've done here in this podcast. So if anybody can, and go, yeah, you got some ADHD, bro. Um, so, but it'll be me reading from a teleprompter with a script that's already been approved by myself and and my producer that we've agreed upon, and um, just talking, running my running my mouth, running my suck, as they say in the in the military. Um, so, uh, but yeah, just me staring into a camera, um, making sure my my eye isn't too wonky and uh, my lighting is good, and then talking about what's going on in life. Definitely keep me posted on that. I'm going to definitely keep an eye out for that. I want to check that out. Uh, the stoic approach. And so, yeah, right now people can fi find you on grayman.project, right? That's correct. And then, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me right now. There's the stoic approach is on Instagram, the.stoic.approach. And then once I upload it to YouTube, it's, I'm going to have a whole new account for it for YouTube. So, Fantastic. I look forward to that, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. And yeah, people can find you, the Stoic Approach, the Gray Man Project. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. And uh, anything else you want to share before we sign off? No, I just appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me on. I really do. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.